Good morning. Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? I know I am. This morning we get to close out the year by spending the last day of 2023 in the house of the Lord. Is anybody else encouraged by that? This year is a unique year. If anybody can remember to all those years ago in January 1st of 2023, that was a Sunday as well. So this is one of those years where we get to start on the first day of the year in the house of the Lord, and we get to wrap up the year on Sunday in the house of the Lord. The last time that happened was 2017, and the next time it's going to happen is 2034. That's 11 years away. So your 12-year-old is going to be 23. Might be in college. You might have grandbabies. But right now, we got the opportunity to look back over this year and reflect on how the bookends of Days in the House of the Lord remind us of his ever-present help, remind us of his faithfulness, remind us that he is current with us. So today we're going to close the book on 2023, and we'll look to the new beginnings of 2024, but I want us to look into the new year reminded by the fact that the year doesn't have to start and end on Sunday. God is there. He is faithful. He is true. He is perfect. Whatever happened during this past year, your successes, your failures, your feelings of accomplishment, the times that you felt lonely, the times when you felt full, the times when you were on the mountaintop, the times when you were in the valley, every one of those days this year took place between our opportunity to praise the Lord in his house. I'm encouraged by that. That makes me feel special. That makes me feel seen. As, as I was preparing for today and looking back over the year and, and just, oh, the last day of the year is a Sunday, I was like, wait a minute, that sounds, there's a distant memory. I was like, oh, the first day of the year was a Sunday too. And, and that just, it brought a new life to me. I hope that encourages you today. Uh, and so before, I just wanted to bring that up and, and kind of set the tone for today. I want today to be a word of encouragement for us, an exhortation for us, a call, uh, a call to action for us as believers, as individuals, and as a corporate body. So before we get into that word today, uh, if you would pray for me as I pray for myself and uh, we'll get into scripture. Father God, we just surrender this time to you, Lord. We know that the only way that this is profitable is that you come and you minister the word. It is through your strength that our weakness is made perfect. I pray that you anoint me with your Holy Spirit, that I be given that clarity of thought and be able to deliver your word exactly as you would have. I pray that you prepare our hearts to receive from you today, that we would go out from this place looking into 2024, knowing that we want to travel light, relying only on your name, your word, and your spirit. We love you, Father, and we thank you for this time together this morning. Amen. If you would, please stand with me this morning and open your book, Bibles to the book of Isaiah. We'll be in chapter 12. That's going to be in the book of Isaiah. We'll be in chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And the whole chapter is only six verses. We're going through the whole thing. 
starting in verse one. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength. He is my song and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. You may be seated. Now this morning we're reading from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet that proclaimed the word of God to the people of Israel. Not a very sought after position during that time. If you know anything about the history of the Israelites, they often rejected the prophets. The prophets didn't have a great life sometimes outside of being the anointed word of God. In Hebrew, his name means salvation of the Lord. And that, that folds in nicely with our scripture today. This, this prophet, this anointed man of God proclaiming the word of God to God's people. His name meaning the salvation of the Lord. And then this passage we're introduced, he's talking about a temporal salvation of the people of Israel, of course, but it's also pointing to the eternal salvation that all would have through Christ Jesus. And um, so the passage is dealing with both the temporal and the eternal aspects. Now, Isaiah didn't have an easy job. Now, a lot of us will remember Isaiah and we remember the messianic prophecies and the fulfillment of those prophecies and how Christ came and he fulfilled them. And we often remember in Isaiah 6 when he stands in the, in the court of heaven and, and the, the, the robe of God's glory was so great and it filled the temple and, and the seraphim are there and they're singing holy, holy, holy. And God looks and he says, who will go? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And a lot of us, we get pumped up and we're ready to go. And if you keep reading, the message that he gave Isaiah to take the people was, was not a great one. And it, it was a, you know, y'all about to find out. You, you've been taking God lightly. And, and Isaiah's first question after, here I am, send me, is like, how long I gotta tell him that? Well, there's also hope. So God is altogether perfect as Pastor John has already said. And he's truth, he's wrath, he's justice, he's salvation, he's grace, he's mercy. What he has, he is. It's the simplicity of God. And Isaiah gives us a full treatment. And here in chapter 12, it talks about our salvation, the, the temporal salvation of the people of Israel and our eternal salvation as blood-bought believers. Now we are sons and daughters of God. So by the grace of God this morning, our sermon is called My Redeemer Lives. I want us to make these points personal today. If you're taking notes, that's the title, My Redeemer Lives. Not ours, not theirs, not my mama's, My Redeemer's Lives. And number one is I will trust him. 
me. I'm going to trust him. I'm not relying on Pastor John's trust in God. I'm not relying on my mom's trust in God, Pastor Chris's trust in God, any of my friends or family. I'm not relying on their trust in God. I'm trusting God. Me, it's a personal trust. And in verse 2, it says, it, it starts and ends the same way. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. I will trust him. It, it begins and ends with the proclamation that God is my salvation. Like this past year began and ended on a Sunday, an opportunity for us to come and worship God in his house, to fellowship with those of like precious faith. God is my salvation. I can trust him and I will trust him. When the Red Sea's in front of me and Pharaoh's army is behind me, I can trust in God. I know that he makes ways where there are no ways. That's an impossible situation. Pharaoh's army's behind you, a sea in front of you, there's no way out. God made a way. He made a way for them then and he'll wake, make a way for us now. One of the most beautiful and horrible places to be is in a place with no outs. You have no hope. There's nothing you can do but stand by and see the hand of God move. See the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm gonna trust him. When the seasons change, when I go from lack to plenty, or when I go from plenty to lack, I'll remain humble when provisions are great, and I pray to remain faithful when the cupboards are bare. I'm gonna rehearse his word. I'm gonna remind myself of his faithfulness this year. I'm gonna be intentional about that. I'm gonna change my perspective. When I find myself being consumed by the temporal, this year I'm gonna be so intentional about pumping the brakes, seeing that, I'm gonna call, call in accountability, and I encourage you to do the same. We, we, iron sharpens iron, we do this together. I wanna be able to, with faith, know and, and proclaim like Paul did that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Knowing that I have found the secret of contentment, that when I'm living my life in complete and full surrender to God and his perfect plan for my life, no matter what it appears to be on the outside, I am kept by his hand on me. I'm gonna trust him. When he leads me beyond what is comfortable and what I know, sometimes he'll lead me into the wilderness. Has anybody else experienced that? Jesus did too. Right after his baptism, the Holy Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. He didn't go set up a mega church and start handing out tracts. He went into the wilderness it's something that's unfamiliar. You look around and you think, how, how am I gonna provide? This is dry, it's arid, it's bleak. And then I remember that God was faithful. He provided manna, he provided quail, he provided cloud by day and fire by night. It ain't his first time in the wilderness. It might be my first time, but he is the great I am. It's not his first time. I'm not kept by the fact that I know how to provide for myself. I'm kept because he will provide everything I need. I'm kept by him. 
and I know he'll provide for me. And if he doesn't and I die, absent from the body, present with the Lord. When we come down and distill it to that, I'm going to serve you, God. I'm going to trust you. When we have the faith of the Hebrew boy standing in front of King Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, they said, bow to this idol or you'll be tossed in the furnace. And he said, I'm not doing that. I don't even take care when I respond to you, little king, because my God can and he will deliver me from that furnace. And if not, I'm still not going to bow. Let that be settled in our heart as we go into this new year. I'm going to trust him. Sometimes he leads me into a valley. Anybody been there before? Some of them are short, some of them long. It's dark. It's times when uncertainty and confusion will battle with my confidence. I can't see anything. I can't see my hand in front of my face. But I lean into his word and I remember that his word lights my path. That that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I can step with confidence even when I don't know what's 10 steps ahead because he is right here with me. He knows all that is ahead of me. And if I'm walking in full surrender and in his perfect will for my life, whatever may come, I will trust him. I remember that my steps are ordered by the Lord, that he works all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. I will lean into those things in the valley. When I can see nothing else, I will trust him. Sometimes he leads me into a broad place. And who's thankful for those? Yes. He doesn't just lead us into the, the valley. and He takes us into the broad places. He leads us to the mountaintops. And when we're there, we give him all the glory. We rest in the peace and confidence that he has provided, that he has given us a coat of many colors. And we don't have to hide that. I want to receive every blessing that he has for me, but I don't want anything that he doesn't have planned for me. And I'll fight the pride that wants to well up inside of me and say that I'm good or I'm great or something about me is awesome in that. We, we can't do that. We can't begin to think great of ourselves or he'll have to humble us. We see it in scripture time and time again. I am going to trust in him. For he is my salvation. I trust in him. He is the great I am. I overheard my wife talking with a best friend of hers. And the comment was made, he is the great I am, not the great I was. And I I just got rolling with that thought. I was like, that's right. He is the great I am. He's not the great I was. He's not the great I tried. He's not the great I needed help. He's not the great I would have come through, but I didn't see this coming. He is the great I am. I am the Alpha and Omega, the everlasting one, the uncaused cause. He is Elohim, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. I will trust in him. He is my redeemer. My redeemer lives. I can trust him and I will trust him. Do you trust him? Will you make a commitment this next year to put your trust completely in him? And then will you proclaim his great name? Will you proclaim his name to the nations, to all the people? Number two, if you're taking notes, and this is the last one. 
because babies get tired of coloring. They'll be swinging from the lights here in a minute. Number two, I will make him known. Verse 4 of chapter 12, Isaiah. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Today is the day, believers. Let it be known. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Shouldn't the world be able to look in and see something different, see something desirable, see something in our lives that they're missing? Will we make his name known? Now's the time to make his name known and to proclaim his good works. Leanne, if you would come, please. He has made me a new creation, and I I can't just step back and watch the world be swallowed in the wickedness and the craziness that we see, and and it'll get worse. I I can't just watch that and, and not have something stir in my soul that says, go tell them about me. Go go tell them about the one that can save them. Go tell them where there's hope. Be my my voice to the brokenhearted. Be the hands and, and the feet that carry my aid and my word to them. Proclaim my name to the nations so that they would turn to God, receive salvation, and have faith and purpose in life. I desire to offer a response that is appropriate to what he has done in my life. Now, we know we can't work and earn salvation, but he's done something in me. I trust him. I know who I was when I was dead in my trespass and sin, and I see what he's done in me. I wanna make his name known, and I don't care if I look weird, and I don't care if I'm talked about. They didn't redeem me. Those people didn't die for me. They didn't send their son for me. They didn't atone for my sin. Their opinion is worthless, and they won't be there when I stand naked in front of God to be judged. Only he will, and my advocate, Jesus Christ. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I care what God thinks about my response to him. Do I thank him? Do I worship him? Am I taking his name out to people when I have the opportunity? Do I worship him with authenticity and expression? My wife has a beautiful gift of worship. Many of you have seen her up here worshiping. If you, if you ever want a problem with me, talk bad about my wife. That's, that's all you gotta do. You don't gotta go any further than that. But my beautiful bride has a gift of worship. It's expressive, it's authentic. And, and she doesn't care that anyone's here. She's not putting on a show for anyone. I will walk in sometimes when she is in her word and she's weeping before the Lord or she's dancing before the Lord, just the same as she does here. It's not an act or a show. It is a restoration that has occurred. It's a bring a joy that bubbles up from within because she too was dead in her trespass and sin and today is alive a new creation through Christ Jesus shouldn't we worship God too shouldn't we be expressive are any of us here less saved than my wife no let us be genuine. I'm not saying you have to worship the same way she does, but do it from a place of genuine authenticity, heartfelt, appropriate response. 
and not for the opinions of men or for those that would see you, but unto God, worship him. Make him known. Let us enter 2024 with his praise on our lips. Like the Israelites after they crossed that Red Sea. Remember earlier with Pharaoh's armies at your back and the Red Sea in front of you, you'll trust him? Well, God parted those seas. They didn't know that then, but they got to see it. In Exodus 15, I encourage you later when you have time, read Isaiah 12 and then go read Exodus 15. But starting in just verse one and two, Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. He is my father's God. I will exalt him. No matter what we're coming through at the end of 2023, let us enter the new year with a commitment to pack light, rely on God, his word, the empowerment of his spirit, settle it in our heart that we're gonna move forward and trust him and we're gonna make his name known. This is gonna start happening on Sunday nights. There's a need for this in the community. You, you're a living epistle, you can evangelize and, and invite people to that too. If they don't have something going on on Sunday nights at their church, invite them to come. Be encouraged as we go into 2024 and remind yourself as often as you need, my Redeemer lives, I will trust him and I will make his name known. Let this be our mantra as we enter 2024 with the hope and expectation that God is gonna do great and mighty things among his people for us as individuals, for us as a corporate body, and for his people worldwide. I've asked the, uh, Philip in the back to cue up a song. We're gonna play this song. I invite everyone just lean into the song, lean into the words, the lyrics, sing, my Redeemer lives. God bless you, church family. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the ocean you can only come this far? And who showed the moon? Things in orbit runs 
Church family, would you stand with us? I believe I know what we should do as the last thing in this room before the new year. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of righteous people avails much, abounding, superseding. The disciples said at one time to a man that couldn't walk, they said, silver and gold I don't have, but that which I have in me I can give you. And do you know what you lack today? Someone else has. 
I just believe it would thrill the heart of God as Brother Siegel came and said, hey, I've got this gentleman, I want us to pray for him. And of course we did. But if you need prayer, we're going to gather around you and we're going to ask the Lord to take from us our strength and give it to your weakness and our health to your sickness. And I just believe the Lord is going to honor that verse. And Jason talked to us about the magnificence of Christ. If you need prayer, it's not going to be long. It's going to be powerful. We're going to ask the Lord to touch you today as you go into this next year. I want you to come and stand around the front. I really need the Lord's help. I need the Lord to touch me. Come on. Come on. Glory. 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 Y'all come close to the front because they're going to come and stand behind you. Those of you that God has brought through, brought over, brought out, and you said, I might not have a lot of silver or gold today, but what I have, I can lay hands on you. I want to come pray. Those of you that are strong in your faith, strong in your marriage, strong in, in the Lord, come and stand behind these and say, I got you today. And Lord, whatever I have, I'm going to give to you today. In Jesus' name, they're still coming. Though in the altar, I want you to look this way right before we pray. I hadn't thought of this in years. It's a true story. There's a man in a, a, a church not close to here, but he, he and his wife and his babies ran out of gas on a, a long stretch, you know, like 16. And before Jessup and, um, what is, not Jessup, but I forgot. They met her and a couple exits. Now they've built up. There's just nothing there, but a long stretch of Texas Road, you know. And they said, no, Lord, we could be here for days. No one's going to find us. And he said, ask me. And he said, Lord, I need some gas. I, ain't got, I don't have no gas. And the guy pulled up behind him and tapped on the window. It scared him. He said, hey, can, can I help you? And he goes, I'm just out of gas. He goes, well, I got some gas. He goes, well, can I borrow some? Can I borrow a gallon? That's what it was. He said, a gallon? It was a tanker truck behind him. He said, man, I got 26,000 gallons of gas. You know what we're doing? We came down this morning with our little can, you know. Lord, can I borrow a gallon? He said, a gallon? I got all of heaven's resources at my beck and call. So now I want you to bow your heads and let us pray for you this morning. Take them before the throne this morning and pray for them, saints. I need a lady to come pray with this lady in the front. Come on. Here in the front. Glory. Glory, Lord. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. We lay hands on our brother and our sister, and we ask, O oh Lord, that which we have, would you give it to them today? Give them a new start. For that person that can't catch their breath, give them wind today, Lord. To that person that can't sleep, I'm asking you, God, let them wake up tomorrow and say, I slept the sleep of the dead. I don't know what happened. And may they remember that they were prayed for and that people called on the name of the Lord for them. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Thank you.
Those in the altar look this way as we get ready to leave. You say, well, now what, Pastor John? I don't know, but something's going to have changed. Because you can't call on the Lord and something not happen. Amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.